Welcome to the Jeffers Brief, only on Contra Radio Network. Hello again, Intelligentsia. Boy, what a stressed out week for everybody on the planet. Unless, of course, you know, you're not in uh, South America or in Africa. But on the other hand, you never know. All right, look, got a lot to say here today. As you know, I find social media to be the toilet of the internet. It just is. Now, I am not on Disgracebook. I'm not on Twatter. I deleted those accounts. You know what? I got rid of Facebook long before the election of 2020. So I'm not doing this crap anymore. And other reasons. Which, you know, we've talked about it. Anyways, I got off Getter. What a crappy platform that is. I got a feeling some sophomores in high school could probably do a better job. I'm just guessing. Anyways. So, again, I, I and the only reason I'm on social media is to promote Contra Radio Network and all the programs and shows that we offer uh, every time we put a new episode out i'm there posting the share buttons the links all that crap in the meantime you know i i see things especially last week and yes the hot buzz topic is the war in ukraine and i've noticed a couple things one and i'm going to comment you may not like it that's okay i i look I just put out the information. What you do with it is up to you. Do nothing with it. Act on it. Share it with others. I don't know. I don't care. By the way, uh, we have many new listeners in Spain. Welcome, by the way. So getting back to it. Everybody screamed out, oh, there are bioweapon labs in Ukraine. You know, when I was in the military, the two things that scared me the most that I had, and that was, you know, I was in the Reagan military. And I have to tell you, it was uh, biological weapons and chemical weapons. For some reason, nuclear weapons didn't, didn't really bother me. I figure, hey, <laughs> over in a flash. Maybe, depending on what's going on, where, where you are, that kind of thing. I've talked to you about this. So anyways, get so all, everybody, and I tell you, I've seen more of these goofy supposed news sites. And when I say goofy, there's one in particular, and I'm not going to call them out. If you've been on Gab, you might have seen it. There's one screaming about space arcs. Yes, you heard me right. Space arcs. The Russians have uncovered a space arc in Ukraine and it's taking off. Really? A space arc? And the problem is other people were reposting. It's like, what is up with you? You know, I'm almost tempted to start my own, you know, uh, 
goofy news site and put strange, stupid crap on there to see how many people will share it. Space arcs. Well, you know, I, I hope it's none of my listeners because I call you guys the intelligentsia for a reason. Mainly because you're smart enough to listen to this and whatnot. But getting back to it. So, everybody's screaming, bioweapon labs. You know what? Let's take it a step further and think about this. Our enemies, obviously China, and I would bet dollars to donuts the Russians do too, are dealing, are, you know, they're making, they're playing around with biological weapons. I don't like them. I think they're bad. However, I think it would be prudent the United States have the same thing. At least be working on it. Now, I would rather that they play with this stuff in somebody else's sandbox. If Ukraine wants to let us play there in their sandbox, playing around with bioweapons, rather there than here. Well, that's the, you know, so let's start thinking a little bit more about it. You know, and it's something else. If I, if I remember in my military indoctrination, I remember it was like a one day, all day, and it talked about uh, the uh, mili uh, U.S. military indoct you know, doctrine. Uh, at the time, it was uh, Russian uh, military doctrine. And it was just a general overview, a class, so we got to be familiar with it. And one of the things that struck me, because when, when you go through basic training, and I'm sure many, 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 many of you have, you have to go through the chemical warfare type training, which, by the way, I hated with a passion. I, and I tell the truth is, I don't know anybody that actually liked it. But with that said, I remember that they said when the Russian train their military for chemical weapons, because it's prudent to do so, they actually use live chemicals. And the reason I remember that, because I thought, what in the hell? And this is the reason they do it. And it helps motivate the soldiers to go from nothing to mop level four. If you've been in the military, you know what I'm talking about. And make sure you get it on quick. So when I hear about, you know, people saying, well, the Russians are gonna use chemicals. It's like, I'm not surprised. It's part of their doctrine. It's part of their training. I wouldn't be surprised to see it. Now, another thing I've noticed. And Estrella drives me crazy. All right, listen to me carefully. If you want to talk about martial law, please spell it correctly. Correct spelling for martial in martial law. M-A-R-T-I-A-L. It's not, don't spell martial like Marshall Dillon. There's one thing that I, I look, I'm not saying that, we conservatives and patriots are dumb or stupid or ignorant or uneducated. What I'm saying is 
when you misspell words, you don't proofread it, and you and you put it out there for public consumption, don't think for a minute that our adversaries on the left are laughing, saying, look, they can't even spell it right. Please, check your spelling. And if you're not good at spelling, you spell check. It will work. Huh. Another thing. I am so sick and tired of hearing about COVID. Oh, we got COVID. COVID. Ah, the jab, the jab, the jab. Shut the fuck up. We understand. Most of the people on the social media platforms, I'm on mumblet.com, went back there, got an email, uh, well, a message through uh, LinkedIn to the owner. He contacted me and said, hey, you know, reactivate your account. Da, da, da. Eh, okay, fine, I'll do it. So I did it. So I've seen on Mumblet, on Gab, on Codius, on USA.life, you people are speaking to the choir. We get it. You don't want the jab. You don't want the vaccine. COVID this, COVID that. Enough. We get it. All right. Stop with the crap. Stop with the stupid shit. By the way, speaking of stupid shit, have you noticed something, by the way, who's mysteriously disappeared? I'm going to tell you if you don't know. Ever since the Democrats decided that COVID was bad politics and was going to get them slaughtered in the midterms, which they're going to get anyways, I think, that Imperator Fauci has disappeared. You don't hear from him. You don't see him. The Democrats won't even bring him out anymore. They told him, you go back to your hole. We don't need you. Now, and don't forget, this happened in a short period of time. As soon as pe people said, you know, enough's enough. We're not doing the mask thing. Oh, it's over. It's okay. You don't have to wear a mask anymore. Yeah. Let me tell you something, my friends. They're saying that now. If, and I hope, I hope, I hope that they do not retain the power anywhere in the midterms. You can bet if they do after the election, we got to have a mask mandate and they'll bring out their puppet Fauci. You know, so Imperator Fauci has disappeared from sight. They put him back in his hole and said, you stay here until we need you again. Don't think for a minute that just because, just because the Democrats have decided that it's bad politics and, they're, and they got to drop it, they got to change it, yada, yada, yada. Don't think it's over. Don't believe it for a minute. The good news is a lot of people said enough, enough, so maybe they won't bring it back, but who the hell knows? We're dealing with Democrats. We don't know what the hell they're doing. Another thing. I've been railing about this guy for a while now, General Milley. You know, I never found him to be all that great of a leader. Just haven't. First of all, last week, while the Russians are, you know, doing the nuclear saber rattle, and instead of having our military increase their pace for combat training, they, Milley and that idiot Austin Lloyd or Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, 
that freaking rocket scientist, that bag of hammers, had all of everything in the military has to go through a gender identity course. We're so woke. We're so woke. You know what? I don't care about gender identity. I don't care if you're comfortable in the military. Because in our military, you volunteered. You're volunteered for the military service. You were not drafted. You chose this line of work, which is fine. You weren't drafted. You deal with it. But I feel so, I, I don't feel comfortable. No one does. <laughs> what the hell are you thinking? We got to go to the gender identity course. Mandatory for everybody. All ranks everywhere. We're woke, we're woke. Meanwhile, I got to say this about the Russian invasion. You know, I don't know how, I know a lot of you guys are veterans out there that have served. And maybe, you know, and maybe, you know, it's, at one point we figured, you know, when we were told Russian armor is really tough, they're going to use it to thrust through here and do that with it. I got to tell you, I'm not that impressed with the Russian performance to date. I'm really not. First of all, how the hell do you let a column 40 miles long sit on the road because they have no food or fuel? What does that tell us about the Russian military? Their logistics suck, apparently. They suck. Big time. Now, if I'm a Ukrainian general, and I got a fresh load of javelins and anti-tank weapons, the walls, all that shit, you know what I'd be doing? I'd be breaking down my brigades into hunter-killer teams, armor-hunter-killer teams, and say, we know they're on this road. We know they're out of fuel. They can't move. And I would start tearing that column apart because, let's face it, they can't do it with the air power. They don't have it. But a couple, man, can you imagine a couple of A-10s would do to that armored column just sitting on the road like that for a, a well over a week? Are you kidding me? I, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are some guys in the Pentagon who are just salivating on this. But anyways, I going back to Milley, this is one of the mistakes Trump made. We get to understand about Milley. Milley is not a West Pointer. Mike Pompeo was a West Pointer. He was, Mike Pompeo was number one in his West Point class. That means he's a pretty smart guy. Probably the smartest guy in the room especially compared to the Biden regime. What a bunch of clowns they've got. What a shit show that is. And we're going to get to them in a second. But anyways, so Millie shows up and we're going to be woke. We're going to be woke. You know, and, I, and I've and i never liked Millie. Never have. He didn't strike me as a particularly good leader. Mainly because, don't forget, this is the general who Trump put, he picked, Trump picked him, made it very public, you know, that if Trump did anything crazy, he was going to call his Chinese counterpart and tell them. Millie should have been dragged out of the Pentagon, tarred and feathered, and put out the pasture. Cat, he should have been cashiered. Go. But they didn't. But you have to understand about Millie. His education, see, he got his bachelor's from Princeton. Then... He went to another woke school to get his master's, Columbia. 
He apparently got a master's degree at the Naval War College. Not going to comment on that because I don't know enough. Just telling you. But we do know you got Princeton and Columbia, two woke. Now, this is, the, I think he got his degrees like in 19, God, probably the early to mid 80s. But still, the liberal influence was going then, too. It just wasn't as open and notorious like it is now. So, Millie does not inspire confidence in me, and I doubt he inspires confidence anywhere. But that's a you know that's my opinion. That's what I think of the guy. There uh, were there some other other uh, mistakes Trump made. One should have repealed Obamacare executive order. Done. Could have done a lot of things, but I understand when you feel like you're fighting. You know somebody who's from the outside gets in. You know the powers that be, the bureaucratic nightmare that they create is bullshit. But anyways. Now, I want you to know something, and you've noticed it. How come Biden never, ever, ever takes reporters' questions? You want to know why? Because his handlers have no idea what crazy thing's going to come out of his mouth. I mean, the, I think last, was it this week? Yeah, this week or over the weekend, talking about how he missed teaching and being a college professor he never was. The problem is he believes it. That's why he doesn't answer important questions. And that's the definition of leadership. Leadership is this, let me tell you. Uh, you watch Trump. Remember when Trump would just walk out of the White House, walk to the gate, and engage with reporters, and he'd answer all their questions. They may not have liked his answers, but at least he engaged with them. This guy won't take any questions. You watched him yesterday at Fort Worth coming out of that uh, presentation for the VA or whatever. Watch the last 30 seconds of it. He gets done, and he has no idea where to go. You can see the confusion on his face. He's turning around, looking. It's like, yeah. If it wasn't for that young Secret Service agent that managed to wave him over and get him off the stage, you know, uh, he'd probably still be up there now. My point is this. The guy is weak. Now, many of you, as I've seen, I've seen on social media, we got to impeach him. No, you can't. Being incompetent and stupid is not a criminal act. You got to impeach for high crimes and misdemeanors. No, you can't impeach him. What you can do is 25th Amendment him. The 25th Amendment, he needs, he needs to go, period. The problem is you got the cackler waiting in the wings who's been salivating, drooling. That she would love to see Biden uh, 25th, on the 25th Amendment. And he, probably, he needs to. We're playing nuclear poker with the Russians. I mean, the guy, yeah, we, now, to be fair... U.S. intelligence has not seen any change in the Russian nuclear posture. That, but because you got some knucklehead saying, you know, guess what? Something to think about. But anyways, do we want Kamala Harris in place of Biden? I mean, granted, we all know Biden is not running the show by any stretch of the imagination. He, somebody, I mean, 
he's being told what to say, what to do. You know, I mentioned last week, I was watching a video of him walk from uh, the White House to Marine One, the helicopter. And I, and I saw it, I looked at it, and I said, you know, that, that walk is so unnatural. It's almost like he was marching. It's like somebody told him, okay, Joe, we're going to open the door. When we open the door for you, you're to walk out and walk straight to the helicopter. Don't stop. Don't ask. Don't answer any questions. Just walk straight to the helicopter. I, and, and you watch him walk. It's almost... It's this close, I mean, literally, here, it's in the way. This close to being like he's in the marching band. He's marching. Look, I'm telling you. And there's, you know, there's so much out there. You're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. You can't keep up on it. I mean, Look, the bullshit is piling up so fast, you almost need wings to stay above it. That's how bad it is. You can't keep up on it. Yeah. And there'll be other talk shows, other podcasts, other vidcasts you can watch. And they can talk about the Russian-Ukraine thing. Now, I talk about what's a good leader. You know what a good leader is? A good leader, when you ask, for Americans, the number one question is why? Doesn't matter what industry you're in, doesn't matter who you are. Why? We're Americans. We ask that. Why? Why should I do this? Why should I do that? Why shouldn't I do this? Why shouldn't I do that? That's the American way. We ask why. A good leader will tell you why and explain what the goals are, explain to you what the objectives are. And if you ask enough questions, you'll get the answer in terms of we want you to do it this way because bop 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 it's like working it's like working at a job we want you to do it this way because this this and this okay the bad leaders are the ones who you know are lying to your face you just know it because first of all lies don't make any sense they aren't and they don't. At first they do until you start thinking, well, wait a minute, that, that's not right. And then you've got the uh, if the bad leaders, well, why should I do it this way? Why, why do I need to do this? A bad leader says, well, because I said so. I'm the boss. Bad leadership, bad leadership, bad leadership. Or, or and you haven't heard this in a while, you just don't get the big picture, do you? Your response to something like that should be this. Well, you're right. I don't get the big picture. Can you explain the big picture to me so I can be a team player? You want to see bad leaders? Ah, you're just being insubordinate now. Try to brush it off because they don't know what the big picture is. Good leaders are not afraid to answer questions. Case and point. Biden won't take questions from reporters. And if he does, it's mostly about, you know, What's the flavor of the day at Culver's? Unlike Trump, who would he would engage with reporters all the time. They may not like his answers, but he would engage with them and he wouldn't run from them. That's, I think that's a good leader. I'm not afraid to answer questions. All right. More stuff in a moment. I got to take a break. I'll be right back. 
all right i'm back thanks for waiting i appreciate it hey all right where was i yeah so this that's the difference between a good leader and a bad leader a good leader will explain why they will and if you ask they will explain to you how they want it done period there you go that's just a simple thing what else do i want to bitch and rant and rave you know what i'm running gosh i'm 25 minutes into this here's another couple other things one those protesters you see them all especially here in the united states and we here here in the chicago area we have a large ukrainian population and some of them have a family still back in ukraine i get that the thing of it is this they're there protesting russia in chicago the russians say you know what like we care they don't care and neither should they but let me tell you something if you are so wrapped up in the ukrainian defense you can go to the ukrainian consulate or embassy depending on where you are probably a consulate here in the united states the embassy in dc or probably new york and you can volunteer for military combat service in ukraine don't sit there and hold your signs up eh, we're not going to commit american troops nor should we I'm not saying we shouldn't arm. We should arm the living hell out of them. A lot. We should be sending them all kinds of stuff to slaughter Russian armor. And, of course, take down their aircraft. All these people say, we got to get in a fly zone. Really? What are you going to do? What do you think is going to happen when Russian and American pilots start mixing it up? What do you think is going to happen? You're going to shoot down a Russian plane for what? This is dangerous and stupid actions. And here's another thing. I've seen, I've seen it on social media. Not, not so, I've seen it you know, here and there on occasion. Let's send our prayers and our thoughts to the Ukrainian people. Yeah, you know what? You can take your prayers and thoughts and shove it right up your ass because that is useless. Doesn't do any good. If you want to help, you want to help the Ukrainians, put your money where your mouth is. Send money. Help out with the refugees. Send out, you know, I did. 50 bucks. Save the children. Take care of the kids. Save the children. Love that. I like, I like that charity. 85 cents of every dollar donated goes to their mission. That means they, they use 15 cents for administrative costs. They're the, one of the highest rated charities out there. Been around forever. Oh, so you can take your thoughts and your prayers and jam it up your ass. It doesn't do anything anybody good. Let me tell you something else. Ukrainians don't have a lot of time to sit back and look on their social media and say, oh, look, they're posting a Ukrainian flag. Oh, there's their thoughts and prayers. They don't have a lot of time for that today and probably won't for the, you know, for the immediate future. Think about it. How much virtue signaling can you do? God, it makes me want to puke when I see it. You want to help out? Great. Send, send them some money. 
Send them the relief organizations. Not a big deal. But stop with the virtue signaling. It's, it makes you look stupid. Your prayers, and I'm just thinking about you all. You know, go to hell. You know what? You want, if you, and I don't want to see any American soldiers' lives being wasted in this. We already had that debacle in Afghanistan. We should have been out of Afghanistan a decade ago before it happened. And the fact that that bumbling fool and that regime he's running, they can't even handle a simple withdrawal. Let's just leave everything there and go. I'm going home. You can keep my toys. I'm going home. And Millie is just as responsible for that debacle as Joe Biden is. The Biden regime and Millie are responsible for that disaster. <coughs> and they're right. If Trump was in, was President Trump was calling the shots, this crap wouldn't be happening now. By the way, just got word, mind you, the Russians have cut the power to Chernobyl. You know, a place they had the nuclear meltdown in 1986. Well, they cut the power to it. So don't sit there and try to tell me that Putin's really the good guy in all this. and He's going in to get rid of the bio labs. You know, I hear about I people say, well, there are Nazis in Ukraine. There are Nazis here in the United States. There are communists here in the United States. We allow for that in our country, in our political system. Not that they'll ever win. But there's scream about the Azov Battalion. It's a battalion. So you got a bunch of Ukrainians who are doing whatever it is they're doing to imitate the Nazis. They've been fighting in the Donbas region since 2014. Probably 2008, maybe. Regardless, we don't, you don't need to send in, mind you, you don't need to send in 190,000 troops to take care of a battalion of Nazis. You don't. And if you do, you might want to take a look at your military structure and your military doctrine because it sucks. So with that said, all right, I think, did I catch everything? I think I have. I think I've touched on all things that irritate the fuck out of me last this week. I can't stand it sometimes. No, I'm not going to go into the... Okay, I will. You talked me into it, I will. All right. Meantime, we've got the knucklehead Biden regime with the Russians at the negotiating table giving away everything to the Iranians to get the Iran nuclear deal back and going in place. Are you out of your freaking mind? My guess is... The Iranians have gotten more out of this administration than they could have ever dreamt of, which doesn't bode well for the rest of the world. Yeah, okay. In the meantime, let me go, let me go on some other stuff. A few preppers out there, listen up. Listen to me. Uh, by the way, if you want to check out the, threat, the, the cyber attack, cyber it's called the Live Cyber Threat Map. This is, I'm going to, I'll post it to... Uh, the summary of the show. 
It's threatmap.checkpoint.com. Already today, there have been 23 million cyber attacks all over the world. 23 million. Most are malware, phishing, and exploitation. It's interesting to watch the map. It's alive. You can see it. It's going. It's unbelievable. Because, see, when I started the show, there were 21 million attacks. Now there's just over 23 million attacks. I've been doing this for a half hour, guys. And it's amazing because you can watch uh, the two from, where the attacks are originating from and where they're going to. Yeah, it, it's, it's very quick. But for you new people, it's, you know, what can you do right now to get better prepared? Daisy Luther over at, over at Organic Prepper. Good article, sweetheart. Good job. Thank you, thank you. And she's uh, the author of Be Ready for Anything and the course Bloom Where You're Planted. And I like this. So what can you do right now to get better prepared? If you're paying close attention to the news right now, you're probably hold, holding your breath. Just waiting for the other shoe to drop and drag us all into World War III. I'd love to be able to say that's not going to happen, but I have no idea what's coming next. I do not have a magic eight ball or a crystal ball. I cannot tell the future. Nobody does. There are all sorts of pundits with all sorts of predictions. There is an opinion out there to fit anyone's cognitive bias, but what we have to understand is at this moment, it's all just a guessing game. And there are better uses of your time than playing that game, like getting better prepared. So what should you be doing right now to get better prepared? First is you need to reduce your information overload. One of the most paralyzing things we experience in this era of instant internet gratification and live streaming is information overload. And the Cambridge Dictionary defines that as a situation in which you receive too much information at one time and cannot think about it in a clear way. In other words, you, you can't process it to a rational conclusion. So when you're bombarded everywhere, you look on the television, your phone, your computer with horrifying images of children being killed, civilians fighting against trained soldiers and buildings being reduced to rubble. It's like a train wreck. It's hard to look away. You feel like you're going to miss some vital piece of information. You want to be the first to know because that's what preppers do, right? Well, that's not true. I've seen a lot of people posting shit on social media. That makes no sense. Case in point. They posted a pic. They wanted to be first to post the picture, to put the word out. They wanted to be that person. Picture of what appears to be Russian trucks. I'd say it's the Russian equivalent of our deuce and a halves. And then it says, the Russians are uh, distributing humanitarian aid. I'm thinking to myself, when, let me get this straight. They got a military convoy 40 miles long. They can't feed it or fuel it, but they're going to distribute humanitarian aid. Right? That's the kind of stupid crap. You got to think about it. But the thing is, we have round-the-clock coverage of the things going on in Ukraine, and your brain can't handle round-the-clock horror without a break. One thing just blends into another, and who can think clearly with all that's going on? So you have to make an agreement with yourself. Only look at the information on this topic, say, three times a day. 
if I wasn't, you know, doing podcasts and stuff, I'd probably reduce it to twice a day or even once. Now, during your forays into the news, try to choose multiple sources to get a clearer picture of what's going on. You got to do that. And no, do not use the Space Arc news media. Don't don't do that. The truth usually lies somewhere in the middle. Take note of patterns that could be replicated against us in the future. If you want to consume media, focus on things like skills and self-improvement. It's far more beneficial in every way. Next, avoid hysteria. Going hand in hand with information overload is bad information. Space arcs! I, guys, I'm not making it up. I, it's like, are you freaking kidding me? And somebody, and some people had the uh, mental cognitive abilities of Joe Biden to repost it and believe it. Especially with social media. What starts out as, I wonder if, turns quickly into a viral meme that says, Warning! Putin is poisoning all municipal water supplies in America. And I've seen other viral memes saying that Putin is just fighting the New World Order. And he's actually the good guy in all this. I mean, come on now. Putin is not all-powerful and omniscient. He isn't currently focused on us, not every single thing that happens in the machinations of the deep state. When you start delving into all the far-fetched things, space arcs, and you're going to feel even worse mentally because the big bad wolf is around every single corner, and you can't be constantly vigilant. Left several groups that were veering into hysteria. The situation is tense enough without re-throwing new urban legends into the mix. Next, focus on the basics. One piece of advice that Selco has given many times is that when you don't know what to do, focus on the basics. Do you have these things covered? Preppers, listen up. Water, shelf-stable food, a way to cook, a way to control the temps in your home, medical needs, security and defense, sanitation, communication, information. Take a long, hard look at your preps and fill in the gaps. By the way, just so you know, I went down some years ago, about 10 years ago, I went on eBay. They were, the government was selling its surplus out of all the fallout shelters. Part of that surplus were Geiger counters, dosimeter badges, dosimeter readers, very cheap. And they were being sold on eBay. I was just starting out prepping and I thought, you know what? I don't know when these will ever come back this way again. Ordered it up. The Geiger counter takes D-sized batteries. Big deal. You can order those up by the gross from Amazon for a really good price. They get delivered right to you. Put them away. My point is you just focus on the basics, what you need to get. Next, let's take care of your health concerns. Do you have any health issues that you can fix? Have you been putting off knee surgery, physical therapy, or dental issues? Now is the time to get this stuff done if you can at all. Schedule checkups, optometry visits, and dental appointments for everyone in the family to make sure there are no issues sneaking up on you. Follow through with the advice of your physician, particularly if you have insurance that will cover the cost. Start stockpiling medications also. You might want to get away with, I lost a bottle once or twice if you're willing to pay cash for the extra supply. 
Otherwise, refill on the very first day you're able. And you're able to get three to five pills ahead each month, which adds up. Remember, we're already beginning to see dangerous medication shortages already. The situation could quickly worsen. And when you're through, think about it. Know when you've done all you can. You know, there comes a point at which there's nothing else you can do. You may be out of space or out of money. You could just have your bases covered, yet still feel a compulsion to keep buying. Stop. Just stop. Take a breath. Sometimes there's nothing else you can do. Nothing else you can buy, nothing else to put on the road to certain survival. You have to know when you've reached that point. There's only so much anyone can do. Nobody, regardless how wealthy they are, how much space for supplies they have, or how much they know about preparedness, will ever feel like they've done enough. All supplies run out eventually. When you reach this point, you have to shift your focus to skill. So you've got to work on your gardening, hunting, and foraging. Learn to sow or build things. You can still be productive and actively prepping when you're not buying stuff. Last but not least, you have to find a way to be at peace. You have to find a way to be at peace with where you are, whether you've been prepping for years or just started. Obviously, you want to keep working and learning. But just remember that every single thing that you have already put back gives you a little bit more security than the person who doesn't do anything. Who figures, the government will take care of me. Yeah, they'll take care of you, all right. We can only do what we can. We cannot personally affect the actions of Russia, China, or our own federal government, for that matter. Remember, our country has been through wars before. Times were hard, but people adapted and survived. Look at the hell that Selko and Jose have been throughout, yet here they are, still striving to improve the lives of others. You can survive this. You just have to accept that things are difficult now and stop yearning for the old normal. You're going to have to adapt to the new rules and then focus on things that bring you peace and happiness. Focus on the things you can control, not the things you can't. So what are you doing right now to get better prepared? Where is your focus? How are you managing the information overload? There. Now, let me get you all wrapped up again. Uh, Aiden Tate. Good stuff, guy. Nice job. Thank you. Uh... Aiden Tate wrote this, and it's eight hinky warning signs happening now. Of course, if you look at the, what's currently happening in the world around you and use that information to make deductions, that's what we all do. For example, when you see storm clouds on the horizon, you are able to do so that a lightning storm is on the way, unless you're Joe Biden preparing accordingly, correct? So what storm clouds are on the horizon? Perhaps these are indicators you may want to pay more attention to. Now, Belarus has removed its nuclear sanctions, meaning that Russia can now move nuclear weaponry into the country. Belarus is adjacent to both Ukraine and Russia, and we use as a staging point for the Russian invasion of Ukraine. 
this lifting of sanctions could easily be the legal logistical move needed for land-based tactical nuclear weapons to be brought into the region. It is not beyond the Russian battle doctrine that says it's okay to use tactical nuclear weapons. Next, Taiwan experiences a power outage. And that took down a third of the country's power supply last week. Seven cities, including the capital, were hit by the power outage in what was allegedly due to a malfunction of equipment. If you remember the Stuxnet hack of Iranian nuclear centrifuges, you'll recall that it was technically a failure of equipment that caused catastrophic damage to the Iranian nuclear program. I don't believe for a second that a third, that a third of a country just accidentally lost power as a result of unforeseen entropy. Cyber attacks set the stage for war. War revolves around logistics. And only when the stage is set do the soldiers take the field. You can't buy that anymore. Do you believe the free market can tell us about what the public at large is thinking? I do. If you find yourself believing the same, just know that as of this writing, uh, Crescent Kearney's Nuclear War Survival Skills book has sold out on Amazon. Mr. Kearney's book is also available at several different places online at no charge. We've most certainly been pushing that book here at The Organic Prepper, but our site alone surely can't be attributed to selling out such a popular book. Interestingly, it's difficult to find Geiger counters on Amazon that are in stock at the moment as well. It appears that the world is taking the threat of nuclear attack seriously. Are you as well? If times are tough, pay as little as you like. If you want to support, you know, some places, pay as much as you like. Now, for you people who are screaming about the World Economic Forum, that's another one that's starting to get on my nerves. Cyber Polygon was removed from the WEF website. The World Economic Forum has recently removed all mention of Cyber Polygon from its website. Um, you might be familiar with the name of Klaus Schwab and Cyber Polygon being his prediction of a global cyber pandemic in the very near future. I am not going to link to it according to the author of this article. He tried to link to it, but somebody tried to hack his computer when he started researching it. So why would any reference to it have been taken down? Plausible deniability, the rewriting of history. Will the WEF website be hit by the cyber pandemic or will it only be sites that have mentioned the phrase cyber polygon? How about mysterious fertilizer plant fires keep happening? Well, just last month, Russia banned all exports of fertilizer to America. It is not strange in the same month, we suffered a massive fire at a fertilizer plant in North Carolina. And then less than a month later, Another large fire erupts at a fertilizer facility in Yakima, Washington. Through all the reports we've read of the Yakima fire, I've yet to see a mention of anybody being present when the fire started. Now look, every time it makes it like a bunch of uh, workers a ways off 
looked over and noticed the building was on fire all of a sudden. And I'm not ruling out sabotage. As has been pointed out, the damage to these plants is enough that it will impact American fertilizer production for at least three years. Organic farming is going to be the way to go, but the fact of the matter is that commercial farming in the U.S. needs fertilizer. Without it, those crops are not going to grow. That's at least three years of an impacted American food supply. War revolves around logics. No, sorry, logistics. <laughs> logics. That too. Sometimes. How about this one? Putin's family is in a bunker. Putin has allegedly moved his entire family into a secret bomb shelter somewhere deep in the heart of Siberia. You know, just normal stuff. My guess is it will not be deep in the heart of Siberia. It's If it's a shelter, it will probably be in the, mount, the Ural Mountains. It gets cold in Siberia, you know. And last week, uh, Verizon had an outage throughout the East Coast. Now, while it was only for a matter of hours, it infected almost the entire eastern seaboard. So nothing to see here. RT America just shut down permanently. If you're not familiar, RT is Russia Today. It's the Moscow version of CNN. It's the state-sanctioned propaganda arm of Moscow. The American branch of RT was RT America. They just fired all their staff and shut down the operation permanently. If this was simply they're temporarily laying off employees with the expectations of opening again a few months down the road due to negative public perception, it would be one thing. But to permanently shut down the office and fire all the employees tells me that RT America has zero hopes of staying open for business within the United States for the foreseeable future. Ready for the big question? Remember what I told you it was? Why? So what does it all mean? We've all been entertaining these fears and ideas in our minds. We're preppers. That's what we do. So when somebody asked me last week, how would we know when things are going to begin to herald the dawn of America entering World War III? My response was that it would be after we saw several strange acts of sabotage reminiscent of the Ukrainian pipelines mysteriously exploding a week before the Russian invasion. Nothing overt, mind you, but instead orchestrated strikes against vital parts of American infrastructure that on the surface didn't seem like they were important for national defense. If a military airfield goes down, everybody knows it was the bad guys. But if it's fertilizer plants catching on fire, well, hey, that is technically possible, right? There's a chance that this is just one large coincidence, right? Get your house in order. Any preps you need that come from overseas are going to be need to be stocked now rather than later. Food, water, medical supplies, get them all now. Figure out how you're going to communicate with your loved ones when the power goes down. How are you going to communicate with others, others with you in your neighborhood? Well, usually I'll probably be armed. These are the things you need to start thinking about now because when you take an honest look at what's going on around you, you can't help but to think, well, this bodes well. There are storm clouds on the horizon. If you're not prepared, you better start thinking about it. Oh, you know, I'm just trying to think of my, I've been talked, I talked many times on this program since 2014 
We've talked about EMP. We've talked about cyber attacks. Cyber attacks are something the Russians have done. And they're going to continue to do. Now, one of the big targets that the Russians would love, you know, Russian hackers would love to target in a cyber attack is our financial system. They can't do it. The banks and the finance, the finance sector have spent billions of dollars over the years to harden themselves from a cyber attack. So what has not been hardened for a cyber attack? Let's say it together. I know you're thinking it. Electric grid. Electricity is the thin veneer that holds civilization together. Um, you know, we all get a lot. Don't, and don't tell me you don't. There's that moment of apprehension. All of a sudden, bang, the electricity goes out. You're gone. You, get, you do one of these, you go, oh, there you go. Oh. It's that moment of anxiety momentarily. You just go, all right. And, but you know that sometime in the next few hours, it'll be fixed back up again. If there's a cyber attack against our grid, the electric grid, it's not going to be coming back in a few hours. Cyber attacks will always precede an attack against everything else. Now, you're thinking, what about our military? Rush, uh, American nuclear forces and a lot of the equipment have been hardened, EMP hardened, for that kind of you know, shorting out. But cyber attack, for example, all the, the, uh, the cyber attackers have, the hackers have to do is find that one computer that is not protected properly, and they're into the system. At what point, let me ask you this, do you think at some point a uh, Russian or the Chinese uh, hack attack, a cyber attack, takes out the American electrical system, takes out our electric grid? Do you think that has caused for war. I'm, look, there's a lot of variables involved. I, I understand that. So, I guess my question becomes, you know, it's been said that the federal government, our federal government, has said that a cyber attack is tantamount to a, a, an attack, an enemy attack upon the United States in the real world not the cyber world. So, my question becomes, at what point do we absorb a cyber attack and not respond? Should we unleash our own hackers upon them and return the favor? I, I don't know. But let me, you know, a lot of people say, well, Putin's crazy. Putin's crazy. He's crazy. He's I said, no, hold on. No. He's probably very angry, a very angry man. That I think that's true. But let me ask, let me go back. I believe the Russians probably have the same type of, uh, uh, what do I want to call it, uh, checks and balances and safeties in place on their nuclear arsenals like we do with ours. For example, um, 
for example, uh, let's say Putin decides he wants to unleash, he doesn't like what's going on with all the sanctions devastating the Russian economy right now. And believe me, it's 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 decimating them right now. He decides, you know what? I'm going to launch a nuclear strike against the United States or Europe. Obviously, it doesn't make a difference where. But he issues the order. My guess is the Russians have pretty much the same safety checks that we have. He may issue the order, but somewhere down the line, that order to launch will not be sent along to the silos. Same with it is here. For example, it is said that at the height of the Watergate problem with President Nixon, that he ordered a nuclear strike on Hanoi. He put one of the nuclear wings on alert for an attack you know, on Hanoi. However, that order never went through. So, and, and, and the same thing with Biden. Biden decides, I don't think, first of all, I don't think Biden has the cognitive abilities to even know where to, his codes are to launch a nuclear strike. I, I really don't think he, he might have it with him, but I don't think he has any idea what to do with it. I don't know. So when we're talking about that, that's kind of where I'm at right with it right now. So, yeah. So Putin put his family in a bunker. Oh, well. The, there's so much that could or could not happen. And we have to, as, you know, preppers, we have to understand that sometimes a cloud is just a cloud. There's only so much you can do about it. And you can only control what you can control. So, there you know, so there you have it. I'm pretty much out of, you know, oh, by the way, listen to my good friend Dave uh, Kirshner. You'll like him. He has a good show. I like it. If you really want to get crazy and go down the rabbit hole, by all means, Mark Boyle, the prepper guy, he's the guy to listen to. And if you like uh, bitching about the federal government, Chuck and Dersh on the right side of politics, those are your guys. There you go. I mean, so it's there. Some time ago, I told you we're going to be making our own neft. Well, we're just about ready, I think. So, is there anything else I need to do? Let me check the uh, cyber threats. Oh, we're up to 24 million attacks today. Cyber threat map. And you know, and, and I've got to tell you, it's, it's incredible what you see going on. I will say this. There doesn't seem to be, and this is the weird part, man. You can see the cyber attacks going to Taiwan, but you don't see any going to or from China, to or from Korea. Just don't see it. And I find that hard to believe. Japan, the same way. You just don't see it. Australia, the same way. Most of what you're seeing is between Europe and the continental uh, United States. Uh, on occasion, you'll see something going into South America, but... It, it, it's, it's, I mean, it happens. It's just not as prevalent, it looks like.
So, anyways, I'll post it so you can keep, you can watch it for yourself, my friends. It's, it's kind of interesting to watch. All right, until then, have yourself an American day. I'm John Jeffers here on the Jeffers Brief, only on Contra Radio Network. We'll come back with something really interesting craps up. Until then, have an American day. Prep today, live tomorrow. All right, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening.